0: Quickly send amazing looking emails to your prospects and customers in just minutes. AWeber is the market leader in making email marketing powerfully simple for small business. Visit AWeber.com for a 30-day free trial. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Grant Baldwin. He's the creator of the Speaker Lab and Speaker Lab Podcast, which I think I'm and alumnus and You uh, are, you are. I couldn't remember which show it was. And the online course Booked and Paid to Speak, and then a uh, new book we're going to talk about today, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. So we're going to talk about speaking today. So Grant, thanks for joining me.
1: John, thanks for letting me hang out with you. All right, so I was pulling this up here, you were on kind of a compilation episode, episode 100, but then had you on recently on episode 261. So, uh yeah, you have certainly been a a, a repeat guest on the the that podcast.
0: Well, and of course I I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I just couldn't remember if you had more than one podcast. <laughs> so, so I wasn't I wasn't spacing it completely. <laughs> But uh, since we're going to talk about speaking, I think it's probably valid for me to ask you, how did you become a speaker?
1: Yeah. So if we go way back in time in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a really big impact on my life. And I was like, I want to do that. Like that, that seemed really cool. And and he was a phenomenal speaker as well. So one of my favorite speakers. And uh, so that's kind of the, the path I was on. I, I uh, eventually got a, a job as a youth pastor at a different church. And um, that gave me a lot of at-bats. It gave me a lot of opportunities to speak on a weekly basis to high school and college students. And then uh, from time to time, we get to speak on the weekend and big church. And speaking is one of those things I just I, I just really enjoyed. Uh, just one of those things that um, came naturally to me and, and felt like I was decent at it. And uh, I, I wanted to do more of it and found myself in a spot where a lot of uh, listeners may be or uh, people in a similar spot of just saying, like I, I want to do more. Just, I just don't know what to do next. And how do you find gigs and who pays speakers and what do they pay speakers to talk about? And how does this mysterious black box work? And so, uh, so I was, uh, I stalked a bunch of other speakers and I'm sure you were amongst that list and just try to figure out anything I, I possibly could. And, uh, started booking a few gigs here and there, and eventually got to the point where I was doing uh, 60, 70 gigs a year um, myself, and and really enjoyed it. And then had a lot of people asking me, like, "Hey, I want to be a speaker. How do I do that?" And so uh, I felt like we had built really good systems and processes for how do you actually consistently find and book gigs without, um, you know, having a big platform or having a big name. I didn't have any um, uh, any. Big following or anything. I was just uh, I didn't have any crazy story. I hadn't uh, won any uh, medal in the Olympics or or been cured of cancer or landed a plane on the Hudson. I just I'm a normal white male from the Midwest um, and has had a pretty average life. So on paper, there's nothing that qualifies me to be a speaker. And so we were, but we figured out what worked and how to find and book gigs. And so uh, started teaching that. That's kind of the the core of what we have uh, inside the new book. So. You
0: know, speaking is maybe I'm in a little bubble here, but it's a pretty, you know, hot topic amongst uh, marketers. And I mean, do you tell people everybody should be a speaker? Everybody should learn to speak? Uh, Should you just do it for money? Are there other reasons to do it? I mean, uh, let's kind of start with who we're talking to.
1: Yeah. So the, the nice thing about speaking is you all well know, John, like there, there's no right or wrong amount to speak, you know? So we both know speakers who do, you know, 100 plus gigs a year. It's basically 100% of their income and revenue and, and their whole business model. And that's all they want to do. They don't do, want to do any consulting or coaching or anything else. They, I just want to speak. And that's fine. That's largely what my career was early on. Uh, and then there's other speakers who say, you know what, I've got other things going, um, but I wouldn't mind doing, I don't know, five gigs a year, 10 gigs a year. But again, I'm just having trouble figuring out how to actually find those and, and how. How much do I charge what do I speak about how do I put together a talk how do I deliver how do you know those type of pieces and questions and so um, so there's really no right or wrong way in, in addition there are speakers who who speak full-time and they're kind of a you know traditional gun for hire and you and I have both done a lot of that you know you, you come in you, you speak you collect your check and that's kind of the end of the transaction that's all that they you know you you're brought in for uh, and others who speak more for let's say lead generation for uh, some type of, of coaching or consulting or marketing or some type of service based business that they're offering. Uh, offering or operating on the back end. And so, yeah, there's a, it's one of my favorite things about speaking is there's again, not, o- not only uh, no right or wrong way um, amount to do it, but there's also just a lot of, of formats that, that speaking can be valuable for any entrepreneur.
0: So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I, I really want to get into this speaking business. I heard you you know, teach people how to do it. What, what's the first thing you would tell them that they need to get figured out?
1: Yeah. So inside the book, we walk through uh, what we call the speaker success roadmap. It makes the acronym SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K. And so the first step is the most important step. The S is select a problem to solve. Select a problem to solve. So for a lot of people who are interested in speaking, John, you and I, we just enjoy speaking. Speaking is just fun, right? And so if we were given the choice of just like, well, who do you speak to? Well, I, I don't know. I speak to people. I speak to humans. I speak to everyone, right? Or, or what is the when someone someone asks a speaker, what's the problem that you solve, or what do you speak about? And when when speakers say, uh, well, what do you you want me to speak about? I could speak about marketing or sales or advertising or leadership or, or consulting or parenting or sports. It's just like, you, you may know something about all those things. You may be passionate about all those things, but you can't try to run a business speaking on all of those things. So the best speakers on the planet say, no, no, uh, I speak to one specific audience and I solve one specific problem versus trying to be all things for all people. So one of the things we talk about inside the book, that is that you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse, not the buffet. Meaning John, if you and I were going to go, you know, we're looking for a good steak dinner. We could, um, Actually, what's the? Uh, you're up in the Kansas City area. I hit at a good barbecue place up there. Is it Q? Q something? Q39. Yeah. Q39. Okay. So if we're looking for like a good steak, good good barbecue, like we could we could go to a buffet where steak or barbecue is like one of a hundred different things that they offer, or we could go to Q39 where they do one thing, but they do one thing really 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 well. Right. So you don't go there for tacos. You don't go there for lasagna. You don't go there for spaghetti. You go there because they do barbecue. They do steak. They do one thing really really well, and that's the thing that you want to try doing as a speaker is not trying to be all things for all people. Because there's probably whoever the executive chef is at Q39 or whatever your favorite restaurant is, There are they could probably cook any number of things. But they say, no, no, I'm going to make a conscious decision that I'm going to focus on this. I serve this audience in this way. I, serve, I create this one type of product for this one type of audience to create this one type of meal for this one type of person. Uh, and there's people who are like, Oh, I'm vegetarian, so I'm probably not going to go to Q39, and that's okay. You don't need to go there, right? So that's what you want to try to do as a, as a speaker is draw a line in the sand and say, "No, I solved this specific problem for this specific person," versus trying to be all things for all people. Well, and I think that's,
0: frankly, that's you know, that's the message I give for marketing in in general. I mean, it's you know, people don't want our products and services; they want the problem solved. So. The, the, the company that gets that and can communicate that is probably the one that's going to stand out. And
1: I, and I, yeah. Cause it's so much like for, I think sometimes for, uh, especially for speakers, you know, I, I hear people who come to us and say, Hey, I haven't really spoke before, but I, I got a cool story, you know, and, and I was in a, I was in a car accident or I lost my job and now I'm successful or I, you know, fill in the blank thing that has happened. And I was trying to like, you know, politely say, listen, nobody cares like the audience doesn't care. You're in the problem solving business. You have to bring some type of solution. So, your story that's great, but the audience is always wondering, how does that relate to me? You overcame cancer. You climbed yourself out of a hole. You overcame this crazy thing. But what does that have to do with my life, right? So, you always again being very solution minded, what is the problem that you solve? So, let's talk about style.
0: And maybe this is kind of a personal bias on my part, but there we've all seen speakers that I mean, they go there and they educate and they get a point crystal clear and they simplify things. And then we all know speakers who are all over the map, but gosh, dang, they're funny and
1: entertaining. Um, You know, which one should we be? I don't know that there's necessarily a right or wrong, but I will say that when you're creating a talk, you want to create it through the lens where the audience is always asking themselves two questions. So what? And now what? So what? And now what? So again, going back to what we just touched on, the audience is always wanting to know, so what? That happened to you? That's great. So what? What does that have to do with me? And now what? What am I supposed to do as a result of this? So if the audience is like, they laughed a lot, but then they leave and they didn't do anything different and there's nothing that was impactful. And they're kind of like, again, I think speakers of all our audience members, we've all left talks where you're like, it was good, but like, I... I don't know, what am I supposed to do now? Or what was the point of that? You know? Uh, so you always want to connect the dots of so what and now what. Now I think humor can be very, very effective, but it also kind of depends on the context. You know, are you being hired to um Uh, you know, if you're hired to more of like an in-depth training, technical type of talk, then, you know, humor can break it up a little bit, but you probably need to be a little bit air more on the education side versus again, there's other times where, uh, they want, you know, more of a a lighthearted, motivational, you know, inspirational type message. And so you may be able to, to use more humor. So some of it just kind of, kind of depends on the context of which you are hired in the group that you're speaking to. So if you're not, you know,
0: magic Johnson, for example, um, What would you advise somebody, I mean, what's the way or what's the path or the type of talk or the type of groups to talk where people get paid the most?
1: Yeah, so uh, there's there's seven different speaking industries that we talk about inside the book. So you have corporations, associations, uh, faith-based and churches, nonprofits, government and military, colleges and universities, and uh, education, K through twelve, so uh, elementary, middle school, high school. Now they're each going to have different fee levels, and they're also going to have different um, supply and demand. So there's absolutely going to be some, especially like corporations, associations, where typically you can charge more than others. But a mistake that I see some speakers make is they 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 look at it purely through that lens and that's absolutely a factor but it's not the only factor. So if a speaker just says, all right, I want to be a speaker, where can I make the most? That like in the same way that if a you know a college student says, all right, I'm picking out a career, which career pays the best? Like that's a horrible approach versus saying like, no no, I'm I'm really passionate about this. Now now that I've determined that and I've determined there's a problem here and I, an audience I can speak to, let's absolutely maximize that and figure out how can I, how can I generate the most bang for the buck. But uh, it, it has to be more than just, um, here's the industry that I can make more in. So I'm going to pursue that.
0: With more than 20 years of proven success, helping more than 1 million small businesses around the world, AWeber's powerfully simple email marketing solutions make it easy for you to connect with people and build your business. Quickly and easily build lists of contacts. Create amazing-looking emails with a drag-and-drop editor. Send and automate email sequences and newsletters and analyze your email performance with AWeber. Start growing your business through email marketing today by starting a 30-day free trial at aweber.com. So let's go back to the, let's call it free speaking, you know, for leads Um, what's a way for somebody to maximize that? There are plenty of places you can go speak for free. So how do you make sure that, and,
1: and, and again, not, you know, not selling product from the stage or, you know, coming off real
0: salesy. I mean, how do you maximize that?
1: Yeah. So there, I, I absolutely think there's a misconception that speaking for free is a bad thing. And so what I would say to that is that, uh, if you're going to speak for free, you need to know why you're doing it. So as a speaker, you are providing something of value. And so you need to receive something of value in exchange. Now, ideally, that is in the form of a check, but let's talk about some of the other different ways that you can receive value otherwise, right? So you mentioned, um, you know, if you have some type of service and so not, not even necessarily a, um, you know, a pitch from stage or a, a sell from the stage type of thing. But uh, I can think of certain events where I, in fact, uh, this past week, there was a, um, a friend of mine that had like a, a small little local mastermind. There was um, uh, like a dozen people. There's a small little thing. And so I went and did a little, a little session on some of what we're talking about here. Uh, the guy who's putting it on, uh, he bought a book for everyone there. So that generated a little bit of, of revenue. But then also there were people there that have already reached out about working with us for coaching or consulting or something like that. It was, I didn't pitch anything. I didn't do any uh, sell from stage, but whenever I, same with like this right now, you know, you and I, there's no financial transaction between us, but there will be people who will listen that will probably start following some of our stuff or maybe reach out about uh, inquiring about working together in some capacity, right? So, so there's certain lead generation that can happen that may, uh, uh, that may not have come actually from pitching or, or offering anything from stage. So that, that's one route. Another thing may be, uh The way that you get better as a speaker is you speak the way that you get better as a writer is that you write. the way you get better as anything is you do the thing but with uh, in order to become better as a speaker you, you typically need audiences right so uh one of the one of the ways that you could use speaking for free is is just to get the practice just to get the at bats because you're when you're creating a talk you're creating an educated guess until you get up in front of an audience. I think this is funny. I think this will resonate. I think this will make sense. But I don't really know until I get up and speak. Uh, so speaking for free just for the practice can make sense. Uh, speaking for free in certain industry events where let's say there's other event planners that may be there who may be looking for speakers like you. I know that there's events that I have done knowing that if I do a great job and I, I know that there's the right people in the audience, that is probably going to lead to additional uh, speaking engagements. Uh, and then one other one I would mention to you would be... Uh, uh, for travel. So there, there's I'll give you an example. There's a um, uh, a friend of mine who doesn't do a lot of speaking, but he got invited uh, to speak at something in Europe. And he's like, how, you know, how much do I charge? How do I figure this out? So we were kind of talking that through. And uh, he they invited him to come speak over there. And I think it was in Spain. And uh, they had a lower budget than what he would have liked. Uh, And I said, let's talk through how you can turn this into a European vacation. And so long story short, they paid him, but then also paid for his wife to come along, uh, paid for her airfare, his airfare, uh, covered uh, several additional nights and hotel uh, there in the area. And so he's like, all right, I was able to make a little bit financially, but I was also able to get a European vacation with my wife out of it. right? So there's something of value versus saying like, well, they didn't have enough. So, oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So he received value in a couple of different ways there. So I don't think it's black and white versus like, you know, you got a check or you didn't get a check. Always look for ways that you can receive value beyond just the, you know, the, the check itself.
0: Yeah. When I was first getting started and I would do <clears throat> what I called speaking for leads, um, when somebody would ask me to speak at an event, I, I had a price. It was $2,500, let's say. Uh, but because you're a nonprofit agency and I'm local and I want to give back to the community, I'm going to discount it to zero but here's what I want in return. Um, and and quite often that conversation went, well, you know, I got the list at the end or I got to make like just a little pitch at the end to say, here's what I do if you want to find out more. Um, and I think that, that sometimes people forget to kind of negotiate, like, as you said at the, at the outset, because you are delivering value.
1: Right. Right. No, absolutely. And so um, it, and, it, and it, you have to kind of pick and choose when makes the most sense. So, you know, uh, if I wouldn't recommend like speaking for free and like they're not going to cover any travel and I just need to practice and I have to fly halfway across the country to do it. No, but if you have an opportunity there locally, at you know, a Toastmasters or Chamber of Commerce or, you know, Rotary Club or something like that, I'm just like, I'm just going to try to get an at bat. Then, yeah, it may make sense for you to, to do that there locally.
0: So um, let's talk a little bit. And of course, you have a whole section in the book that covers this. But let's talk about the the actual talk itself and how to, you know, what makes one talk better than another? Or how do you, you know, is there a formula? How do I know that, you know, I've got the, you know, the message delivered? I mean, what, what's the process for that?
1: Yeah. So again, like when you're, you're, it can be intimidating when you are staring at a blank screen going, I have some idea of what the talk is going to be about, but I, I don't know. Where do I begin? Where do I go? And there's not just this... um uh, end all be all like one way to do a talk. You know, it's not like yeah, I have to have an intro and then I have to have three points then I have to have a conclusion. You know, you you can certainly do that but there are a lot of ways to go about that. So again, one of the things that we, we touched on there is always thinking through the so what, now what but also really beginning with the end in mind. Like you don't want to get to the end of a talk. And again, be a, have the audience be like, I, I don't really understand what was the point of that or where it was going. So think of it like a road trip, road trip or, or um, some type of, of travel experience. You want to pick everybody up at the same origination point and you want to drop everybody off at the same destination, right? So thinking through where do I want to take them and what is the best logical path to get them from point A to point B? So by the end of this, am I trying to get them to think differently or feel differently or act differently you know, and I would say within this, one of the simplest things that any speaker can do is to tell a lot of stories. Stories are incredibly powerful and incredibly relatable, memorable, impactful. So one of the simplest things you can do that has a lot of impact is to tell a lot of stories.
0: I remember when I first got started, I was guilty of trying to pack too much into my talks uh, because I was afraid uh, an hour. How can I talk for a whole hour? You know, and so I put everything I knew into a talk, and you know, about thirty minutes into it, everybody was exhausted. And uh, you, you certainly do learn that over time, don't you? That that you've got to actually give the audience the chance to breathe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You got to kind of have some ebb and flow to it. So think about like when watching a, if you're watching a movie or a Netflix series or something, you know, you may have some, you know, some like intense, heavy drama scenes that like, I got to really lock in and pay attention here. But after that, I need a minute just to catch my breath and to, to slow down. So that's where like humor can work really well to just kind of break things up. Uh, and in the same way, like with a, you know, in a typical TV show where they're going to do several minutes of something and they may have some different scene changes, but then they're going to go to commercial. And part of it is part of it from a financial ads perspective, but part of it is just to give the audience like a mental break. Like, whoo that was, you know, that was heavier. That was intense. Or that was, I just got to process that, right? Just, you just said something that was really good. Just let me, let me chew on that for a second. So yeah, learning to kind of add that, the ebb and flow to the talk.
0: So let's talk about the performance part of it uh, so when you're up there on stage delivering I mean there certainly are practices and and techniques that help you get across a message or or let's face it make you less distracting you know while you're delivering the message um, how do you suggest that people get better at that and I'm not sure if you even use the word performance but that's what I would call it
1: yeah. So one of the, uh, the best things that any speaker can do at any level is to practice the best speakers on the planet that you look up to, you admire, you respect, you think, oh, they just, you know, they just scribble down some ideas on a napkin. They hopped up there and they, they just wing it. And it just, it's just perfect. It's like, nope. Doesn't work like that. Like they spent hours and hours and hours practicing, preparing, rehearsing, going over their talk time and time and time again. So by the time they get up there, it does look like it's just off the cuff. It looks like it's just natural, but it's because of the amount of of time that they spent behind the scenes. And that's something that you don't have to have any special talent or ability. You just have to be be willing to commit to practicing. So a way to think about this is, you know, if you think back to like um, um, you know middle school or high school or college, university, and you remember you know taking a test or a quiz of some kind. And you could show up and just kind of like, ah, I didn't really study. I'm just gonna, you know, uh, wing it and hope it all works out. And typically, it doesn't. Versus, I'm gonna spend the time going over my notes and reviewing and practicing and preparing. And so when I show up, not only does the does it typically go better, but I just feel more comfortable. I feel more confident because I've done the work going into it. Versus again, just hoping, uh, getting up there and hoping it all magically works out. So,
0: how about getting training? Um, obviously this is a layup for you. Um, I'm about to serve up, but, but would you say, I mean, because again, practice is great, but in some cases, practice will only take you so far, right? I mean, if you if you don't have proper form shooting free throws, it doesn't matter how many thousands you shoot. So how should somebody go about getting um, training or, or looking for training or, or should, you know, again, is that something everybody should invest in?
1: Yeah. So uh, a big thing that what we do, our company is called The Speaker Lab uh, and everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com. Uh, but the core of what we do is on the business side, because to your point, if you're a phenomenal speaker and yet nobody knows you exist, it's really hard to build a business that way. And so uh, speaking is very much a momentum business and your best product, your best marketing is a great talk. And so uh, the, the best speakers on the planet and those that are booked a lot isn't just because they're great marketers and isn't just because they pay attention to it. It is because they do a great job on stage. So there's absolutely 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 two sides of the equation, but again, if you're the world's greatest speaker and nobody knows you exist, you're out of business. And so you have to be able to communicate clearly uh, who it is that you serve, who it is that you help, what's the problem that you solve for them, and have a plan to actively be able to find and book gigs. So the problem that a lot of speakers have is like, okay, I know who I speak to. I know what the problem is that I solve. I got a website. Maybe I have a demo video. And now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. I wait for some things to fall on my lap. i wait for an email or an inquiry to come in. And it just doesn't work like that. Like You have to be proactive and Continually work at it over time, Uh, and so John, you've been in the speaking industry for a long time. It is certainly easier for you to get gigs today than it was years ago. But my guess is it still requires effort. It still requires work. And if you turn off the work and effort, then eventually those leads and those calls and those bookings are going to dry up. And so you have to continually to beat that drum. But having a system in place of knowing what to do and how to consistently do it uh, is what's really important there.
0: So let's uh, transition to kind of all right. So we got our talk down. We found somebody who wants to hire us. Once we get the gig, are there some things that that more professional speakers do to, you know, again, make sure that, that that they're prepared, make sure that the whoever booked them, you know, is communicated with, that maybe they follow up afterwards. I mean, what are some of the best practices for making sure that you that, that hiring you was a good experience as well?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So think about it like if we went to a restaurant, right? Let's go back to like a Q39 or some nice restaurant. You know, Part of what you're paying for when you go to that restaurant is the food, right? Absolutely, the food may be the star of the show. But part of what you're also paying for is just the experience. So if you go to a nice restaurant and the food's amazing, but the service sucks and everything is slow and the atmosphere is kind of just shady and, and it's just like, there's so everything else about it just like, lacks that's the it's it's the same thing as like a speaker who shows up who is amazing on stage but they drop the ball in every other area. And so part of what an event planner is hiring you to do is to be great on stage, but part of what they're hiring you to do is to be really good to work with. And by really good, I don't mean like you're a prima donna or you're this diva or like you need this, you know, the jar of red Skittles or you need, you know, this, this European imported water at a certain temperature. I just mean that you make their life easy. Like you look at it from an event planner's perspective and as a speaker, you're an important part, sure, but you are one of hundreds, if not thousands of moving pieces that an event planner is trying to think through. So the easier you can make their life, the easier you can make their job, the more you can just really stay out of their way, the more likely they're going to want to be to work with you, to refer you, to recommend you to others. So as a quick example, when I was doing 60, 70 gigs a year, one thing we were always really diligent about was asking for testimonials and recommendations from uh, clients that we worked with. And so... uh, I I had a a lady at the time that was helping me. Uh, Her name was Lisa and Lisa would basically, I would work to book the gig and then I would pass the baton to Lisa and she'd handle contracts and logistics and travel and yada, yada, yada. And so we'd get these testimonials and recommendations after the event. It's like Grant did awesome from Sage and Grant was worked great to work with. And, but man, we loved Lisa and Lisa was so good. And Lisa took care of everything, yada, yada, yada. And so Lisa and I always kind of had this joke of like, Hey, if you're great in, in interacting with them and working with them, I don't even have to be that great on stage because you've made their life easy. Now, sure, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best on stage to deliver. But, um, but part of what they loved was working with Lisa and the the customer and the client experience that made it so that made it great. And so part of like what goes into that. It's just simple things like whenever they send you an email with a question that they don't have to follow up with you days later or they send you the contract that you get that right back to them. And whenever they say, hey, please be here at 8 a.m. for uh, an AV tech walkthrough, that you're not showing up at 815 with your Starbucks, you know, that that you do what you say you're going to do, that you are on time, that you're functional, that you're professional uh, and that you're just a good person to work with. Like that makes such a huge difference.
0: Yeah, it's just not that hard to stand out, is it? It isn't. (laughs) Grant, tell people where they can find out more about the successful speaker and the work you're doing at the Speaker Lab.
1: Yeah, like I said, everything's at uh, thespeakerlab.com. We have a podcast by the same name, like we, like we mentioned, that you have been a, a guest on. And the new book is called The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid and Building Your Platform. So like we said, any, anybody who's interested in speaking at any level, whether that be you know, full-time or you just want to do a couple gigs here and there, uh, would definitely encourage you to uh, pick up the book. Uh, the book is on Amazon and, and, uh, and Barnes & Nobles and wherever you buy your book. So yeah, go check it out, The Successful Speaker. Awesome. Grant, thanks for stopping by,
0: and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon out there on the road.
1: Thanks, John.